This is CPX number 99, the Seventh Commandment. We are in the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X CPX, page 124 to 126, question and answer number 1 through 19. This is the Seventh Commandment, stealing. In nomine Patris Filii, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life. Come dwell in us, cleanse us, and save us, you who are all good. Amen. In nomine Patris Filii, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Number one, what does the seventh commandment thou shalt not steal forbid? Answer, the seventh commandment thou shalt not steal forbids all unjust taking and all unjust keeping of what belongs to another, and also every other way of wronging our neighbor in his property. Number two, what is meant by stealing? Answer, it means taking another's goods unjustly and against the owner's will, that is to say, when he has every reason and right to be unwilling to be deprived of them. Number three, why is it forbidden to steal? Answer, because a sin is committed against justice and an injury is done to another by taking or keeping against his right and will that which belongs to him. Number four, what is meant by another's goods? Answer, everything that belongs to him, everything of which he has the ownership or the use or the custody. Number five, in how many ways can another's goods be unjustly taken? Answer, in two ways, by theft and by robbery. Number six, how is theft committed? Answer, theft is committed by taking another's goods secretly. Number seven, how is robbery committed? Answer, robbery is committed by taking another's goods openly and with violence. Number eight, in what cases may another's goods be taken without sin? Answer, when the owner consents or even when he unjustly refuses, thus one in extreme necessity may take another's goods without sin, provided that he takes only so much as is absolutely necessary to relieve pressing and extreme need. Number nine, is it only by theft and robbery that another can be injured in his property? Answer, he can also be injured by fraud, usury, and any other act of injustice directed against his goods. Number ten, how is fraud committed? Answer, fraud is committed in trade by deceiving another by false weight, measure, and money, or by bad goods. Also by falsifying writings and documents. In short, by deceit in buying and selling, or in contracts in general, as well as by refusing to pay what is just and agreed upon. Number 11, how is usury committed? Answer, usury is committed by exacting, without just title, an unlawful interest for money lent, thus taking an unfair advantage of another's need or ignorance. Number 12, what other sorts of injustice may be committed with regard to another's goods? Answer, by unjustly causing him to lose what he has, or by injuring him in his possessions, or by not working as in duty bound, or by maliciously refusing to pay debts or wages due, or by wounding or killing his stock, or by damaging property held in custody, or by preventing another from making just gains, or by aiding thieves, or by receiving, concealing, or buying stolen goods. Number 13. Is it a grave sin to steal? Answer. It is a grave sin against justice when the matter is grave, for it is most important for the good of individuals, of families, and of society that each one's right to his property be respected. Number 14. When is stolen matter grave? Answer, when that which is taken is considerable, as also when serious loss is inflicted on another by taking that which in itself is of little value to the thief. 
And I just added the words to the thief there because that's what I believe the Pope meant. Okay, number 15. What does the seventh commandment command? Answer, the seventh commandment commands us to respect the property of others, to give the laborer fair wages, and to observe justice in all that concerns what belongs to others. Number 16. Is it enough for one who has sinned against the seventh commandment to confess his sin? Answer, it is not enough for one who has sinned against the seventh commandment to confess his sin. He must also do his best to restore what belongs to others and to repair the loss he has caused. Number 17. What is meant by repairing the loss is caused? Answer, repairing the loss is caused means the compensation which must be made to another for the goods or profits lost owing to the theft or other acts of injustice committed to his detriment. Number 18. To whom must stolen property be restored? Answer, to him from whom it has been stolen. To his heirs if he is dead. Or if this is really impossible, the value of it should be devoted to the poor or to some charity. Number 19. What should one do who finds something of great value? Answer, he should diligently seek the owner and faithfully restore it to him. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. Okay, today we're just going to look at number two and number four and number eight. So again, number two says, what is meant by stealing? Answer, it means taking another's goods unjustly and against the owner's will. That is to say, when he has every reason and right to be unwilling to be deprived of them. Okay, now St. Thomas Aquinas teaches that you can borrow things without explicit permission if you can suspect implicit permission. So for example, if you borrow your neighbor's weed whacker out of his garage when he's out of town, well, here's the thing. If you're on really good terms and you've, say, both done things like this before, go into another's garage when the other's gone for an item, if you both still do this and you're on good terms, then you can assume he wouldn't mind, then you can go for it. That's not stealing. And this is, this is true, say, even if you're in university and you run out of pens. Let's say you're on good terms with your roommate and you take a pen from his or her desk and even keep it. I'd say there's no problem there, um, especially if you're on good terms with them, even if you keep it, because you're really sure that this roommate of yours would say yes if you texted him and said, hey, can I keep this pen? Now, you can't assume if this was like a 19th century pen of his great-grandfather, he would want you to do that. But if it's just a big pen, um, you can assume that if you guys are on good terms. Just don't get in the habit of assuming too much throughout all of life. Like, you know, like, I assume my neighbor would want me to borrow his Italian road bike for a 50-mile ride today. No, then you're getting closer to stealing. Okay, number four, what is meant by another's goods? Again, everything that belongs to him, everything of which he has the ownership or the use or the custody. Okay, now this might, this might sound like a little bit of a boring one, but listen up because this is a huge blind spot for Catholics today. The Catholic Church definitively holds that private property is nearly sacred. If you read the social encyclicals of the popes, especially from about 1870 to 1950, they might be a little bit confusing for Americans at first because the first half of all these papal encyclicals rips on socialism and communism, but then the second half reminds the reader that using unbridled capitalism for extreme greed can forfeit your soul. Okay, what gives? Well, here's the answer. The church is saying you forfeit your own soul if you don't take care of others, but never ever does the church say that the state should be involved in such decisions. Why? Because giving to the poor is between you and God. And yeah, he will judge you on how you treat the poor, but the state should never be involved in this. And this is what most Americans, Americans get confused at when they read the papal encyclicals of the past hundred years. Yes, Christ and the Holy Fathers have very harsh words for selfish people on how they might be forfeiting their own salvation by being greedy if there's poor people around them and they're living in not only need but luxury. 
But never does Christ say the Roman Empire should abolish private property and distribute equally. You see what so many social justice warrior Catholics miss today? It would be against Christ and every saint and pope in the entire magisterium to abolish private property. And that's why socialism is so wrong and why the seventh commandment must be respected. Because the church very, very much believes in families owning their own property. And if you're listening to this thinking this is just a danger to, say, Russians 50 years ago, remember, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum recently said, you'll own nothing and be happy. So be very wary of anything attempting to abolish private property. That notion is against everything the Catholic Church has ever taught, especially since this era came on the scene from about 1870 to 1950. And the last one today, number eight, let's hear it again. In what cases may another's goods be taken without sinning? Answer, when the owner consents or even when he unjustly refuses. Thus, one in extreme necessity may take another's goods without sin, provided that he takes only so much as is absolutely necessary to relieve pressing and extreme need. Okay, now this is definitely a challenging one, especially for conservative and traditional Catholics out there. But this goes back to St. Thomas Aquinas, so let's just see exactly what he wrote in the second part of the second part, question 66. This is Article 7, whether it is lawful to steal through stress of need. And in the respondeo, where that means I respond, or in the response, St. Thomas Aquinas answers, and I'm just going to quote these two paragraphs directly. So listen up, sometimes Thomas Aquinas is a little subtle in how profound he is. So it is a bit of a long quote, but um, his stuff's better than mine. So listen up. Quote, Things which are of human right cannot derogate from natural right or divine right. Now, according to the natural order established by divine providence, inferior things are ordained for the purpose of succoring or rescuing man's needs by their means. Wherefore, the division and appropriation of things which are based on human law do not preclude the fact that man's needs have to be remedied by means of these very things. Hence, whatever certain people have in superabundance is due by natural law to the purpose of rescuing the poor. For this reason, Ambrose says, and his words embodied in the Decretals, quote, It is the hungry man's bread that you withhold, the naked man's cloak that you store away, the money that you bury in the earth is the price of the poor man's ransom and freedom, end quote. And then uh, St. Thomas Aquinas continues, Since, however, there are many who are in need, while it is impossible for all to be rescued by means of the same thing, each one is entrusted with the stewardship of his own things, so that out of them he may come to the aid of those who are in need. Nevertheless, if the need be so manifest and urgent that it is evident that the present need must be remedied by whatever means be at hand, for instance, when a person is in some imminent danger and there is no other possible remedy, then it is lawful for a man to rescue his own need by means of another's property by taking it either openly or secretly. Nor is this, properly speaking, theft or robbery. Okay, now we have to ask, how is this different from communism again? Well, notice this rare case of one man taking from another licitly in St. Thomas Aquinas. This is a case that Thomas considers, quote, manifest and urgent, again, as in the case of a starving man. So first, realize that it's rare that a starving man even has access to a rich man's food. Secondly, and I know this next quote from St. Ambrose, this is a real showstopper, but St. Ambrose does direct this to rich people, especially rich Christians in the 4th century. He says, It is the hungry man's bread that you withhold, the naked man's cloak that you store away, the money that you bury in the earth is the price of the poor man's ransom and freedom, end quote. 
ooh, yikes, that does sound a little bit like communism, right? No, again, because Ambrose is threatening your soul with God's justice, not threatening your soul with the state's justice. That's a big difference right there. Obviously, God's more to be feared than the state, but the point is this is between you and God, not you and God and the state. Because remember, communism in communism, the state steals from all the upper class, and then the poor become poorer, and then the middle class is eradicated, and then what happens? The very, very few elite become even richer. See how different this is from what St. Ambrose is telling rich Christians of the 4th century? And remember what I just described in communism. That is every communist regime since this started over 100 years ago. So the example Thomas Aquinas is giving is like, imagine... Um, some billionaire has thousands and thousands of orange orchards and his neighbor's literally starving. Is that stealing for his neighbor to come and take an orange off of one of these trees? No, that's not stealing. So communism in practice is actually the total opposite of this universal destination of goods that social justice warrior Catholics like to talk about all the time. And a real quick public service announcement. I'm sorry to anyone who emailed me in 2021. This year in 2022, if this is when you're listening to it, I am getting back to all my emails. My email address is on my donate page. You do not have to donate to write me an email, but uh, keep in mind I try to keep my reading of each email to one to two minutes and my response to one to two minutes. So if you write a novel, I probably can't get back to you. Um, so again, you don't have to donate um, to find that on my donate page, but I am thankful, very, very thankful to all my donors who make my life possible. Please say an Our Father for me at Benedictio Dei Omnipotentis. Pachi Sifidi, Spiritu Sancti, Descendit Supervos, Et Mani, Et Semper. Amen.